Welcome back for another episode of the AWG Podcast, where we discuss the biggest topics and trends in the water sport and boat tour industry. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and join our mailing list by visiting watersportpodcast.com. After you finish listening, continue the conversation in our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. They come to relax. Enjoy the beach. Have fun and spend money. And that's where we come in. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. Find out tips on the best ways to market and operate a water sports business. If you're a water sports operator, you need to grow your brand, operate more safely, upgrade your operations, and of course, increase bookings. We're industry veterans, broadcasting from Destin, Florida. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast, and this is Kevin O'Neill and Greg Fisher. Are, are, are we doing the secret recording thing again, where I wasn't paying attention, you start recording, and then you, Damn know, it, you make, call make me. me seem fucking weird? Yeah, it's all right. That's all right. I see how you are, bro. I know how you are. You're sneaky, dude. Oh, man. So how was, uh, how was the weekend? No, I'm going to just work on the house. But speaking of weekends, last weekend, you came over to my house for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. I did. It was yeah. the first time we broke bread and families hung out and stuff, which is really fucking weird for a long time. Friends, like I know, we both like are are super busy, and you live like pretty far, and I live pretty far from you. So, no, yeah, I really had fun, man. I really enjoyed meeting your family, and it's like it's like a water sports guy's house. Yeah, you know what's funny? We went we're in my backyard, and I have this little like ninja warrior ratchet strap that goes against two trees, and it's like a monkey bars, but it's not like monkey bars. Yeah, it's it's this ratchet strap that's got like different like things that you could like. Like, I guess, like, do pull-ups on or do, like, monkey – yeah, like, monkey bar yeah, swings, yeah. like – Yeah, for kids. The, the, the strap ratchets, and it was stuck. And Kevin walks by and sees it, and he's like, huh, what's wrong with this? And he's he, – and I said, oh, well, it's stuck. It's like, it won't work. So he picks it up, and he's trying to fix it. And I said, man, don't worry about it. He's like, I will die before I give up <laughs> doing this. And he's just – He's just like sweating and he's just like, he's, I am going to, I'm going to get this. So we spent what, like 30 minutes trying to get this damn thing. I'm like, listen, like, Hey, we don't worry. Don't worry about it. Let's just go inside. Mosquitoes are biting us. And he's like, no. no. And no, finally, he, that sake. <laughs> finally he gets it. Oh, oh, the work. So it was funny. And I fell. I fell. <laughs> like it was, it was, they ratcheted too much and it was too tight. So I just had to like reef it out, you know, and I was like yanking on it and then I got it. And I finally got it free and I fell on my ass, but I was so happy. Like, I felt so good. I felt like a cop. There was no way I could walk away from that and like have it not, like not, not got it fixed. It was not like, I, it haunted my dream. I'd have been back there the next morning fucking with tools. Like, let's do it. Cause you know what, man? That's just the kind of guy I am. You know, I just wake up, I fucking slam like a Red Bull and then I, and I fucking put on my Oakley sunglasses. I watch a Grant Cardone video, spray on some Axe body spray, and then I'm like, let's get amplified. You don't know what I'm doing, do you? I know what you're doing. You know what I'm doing? Let's get amplified. Oh, let's go fucking go to a 10X conference. Guys, we're fucking, <laughs> we're cool. Look at us. Oh, look at me. We got a studio. Let's get onto our sponsored podcast. Oh, look at us. <laughs> 
I did. He fucking. I saw some picture of him wearing Oakley sunglasses. I was like, dude, where's your fucking Adidas sandals, bro? Like, you know, that's like the most poserish shit. Don't ever come to Florida. Don't come to our state, the water sport capital of the world, wearing Oakley sunglasses and Adidas sandals. No, but really though, Oakley is Oakley sunglasses still like in style? No, I don't. I mean, I, it's, it's to me. To me, it just screams of tourism. When I was a teenage, when I was a teenager, it, that was all the rage was Oakley. Anyway, well, uh, today we spoke with um, Brian Hershey from Bear Lake Fun. No, Bear Lake Bear Lake Fun dot com. Bear Lake Fun dot com. Owner operator and and Brian's been a staple in our Facebook group with very informative and funny posts. Yeah, and and what sparked our interest for this show was Brian posted a series of photos of kind of like boat fails that he's had at his operation or at his location and boats exploding, paint all over boats. I mean, tons of stuff going on. And we reached out to to Brian and we said, you got to come on the show and tell us a little bit about these instances. We talked about insurance and talked about how we got into water sports and all this other thing. But Brian's been doing this for 23 years. This is an opportunity to meet an operator that's done it, you know, he, from from his younger, you know, I think he said in his 20s, he started it with just six skis. I mean, he's got a stupid amount of shit. Like, I know he said that before and, and it just kind of like, I was, I was just blown away. He's like, I got 100 skis and 60 boats. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no big deal. You know, and then it, that's not even it, like inflatables. And, you know, it's just that little big numbers where you get to that, you get to that level. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I got 20 kayaks. You know, it's like, let's not forget the extra 40 grand we bring in in kayaks, you know, because you got when you have 100 skis and 60 boats, it's like, my God, man, or 40 or 50, whatever number it was that he said about the boats. I was just like, Gee, I bet man, I bet he's like a top 1% as far as amount of equipment he has in the country as far as operators but but it so, seems like yeah. those hyper seasonal areas like you just you gotta you gotta get while the getting's good yeah. on some of that stuff you know it's like you know when and again not to, i'm not talking shit in any way shape or form but you gotta wonder like like gross wise how much each piece of equipment pulls in versus somewhere that's got a year-round equipment that's like well you don't need a hundred skis because you can get it done with 30 skis because you're going 24 7 so it's it's um it's he's got a great story. Every picture attached to it has got a great story. Uh, it was fucking uh, they're really really good stories attached to each one of them, and he's got a great story. So uh, what do you think? You ready to get into it? Follow, uh, go to the Facebook page, mm. or just I'll put in the show notes. I'll put a link directly to that post. Well, yeah, um, for context, so that, so, you need to so, be on the page and look at those pictures. Yeah, for sure. yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna put the link to that page, which shows all the pictures. You got to follow along with with that in order to get the the full, yeah. you know. Breath. Yeah. Okay, That's cool. Right. All right. Ready? Let the, yeah, let's get amplified. All right, everyone. We're back here with Brian Hershey, owner-operator of Bear Lake Fun in Utah slash Idaho. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We saw these pictures that you posted on the Facebook group, and I, I think a lot of people that are listening are a part of the Facebook group now. If not, then you need to get your butts in there. But Brian is a staple in our group. He posts a lot of interesting things. But probably the one thing that I think everyone's been talking about is these group of pictures he posted of different explosions and big holes. <laughs> <laughs> Greets out to Brian and said, Brian, you have to tell us the stories. And Brian's here. So thanks, Brian, for taking some time out of your day. I know you guys are crazy busy. But before we get into to the stories, want to listen to your story, how you got into water sports. Take it away. Yeah. So when I was going to college here locally uh, for three summers, I think in a row, I worked for a guy doing boat rentals at a resort. And about when I was graduating college, he 
uh, was basically getting kicked out of his location. So <laughs> he was a little bit upset, but he was like, you know, why don't you buy some of my equipment and just go start a new location? So, so I did on the lake. It's got a, we got a big lake here. It's, you know, 50 miles circumference. So anyways, I did that. And that's how I started with basically one other employee and six jet skis, I believe. And now we have, uh, six locations and about 60 or 70 employees in the summer. So kind of grew a little bit. Being in Utah, you, are all year round, right? So once the winter kicks in, you turn around to do different things. Is that right? Uh, yeah, we're we have year round employees, so we do you know snowmobile rentals in the winter, and then you know UTV and ATV rentals pretty much spring, summer, fall. So so, but of course the summer employees, seasonal employees, we don't have for the boat rentals, but uh, we keep quite a few people hired on. Probably one of the few people that I think has like a year round operation like that. Yeah, it gets too cold over here. <laughs> Lee's in North. Maybe I know Key West. No, that's South Florida. Yeah, yeah, it gets here. it gets way so much colder than fucking Utah. <laughs> <laughs> too cold for boat rentals maybe <laughs> no man i think brian's that hung, hungry dude man just like man i can't stop like making money man just because it's getting cold we gotta figure out something to do here man i like it yeah no to have year-round employees that was kind of key to like well you know how can we keep them employed year-round i mean we are pretty busy in the winter still working on our summer stuff that broke last summer you know so so they're doing a lot of that even during the winter but you know snowmobiles is a little bit smaller operation but my mechanics love it that's what they live for they want to you know i don't know if we even make money in the winter on those snowmobile rentals if we break even i consider that lucky just to pay their wage but yeah definitely we wanted to have a year-round operation are we saying your name right is it hershey like the candy yeah yeah uh, i just wanted to make sure that we were saying that right it wasn't like Shy or something like <laughs> the spelling looks like like maybe like it almost like looks like hibachi in a way you know what I yeah mean? So, no, maybe Japanese Japanese ancestry in there. you look Japanese for those of, of you course, guys at home who don't won't see the video well uh, and also before we get in everything I just want to mention everybody that Brian is going to be one of our roundtable hosts at the water sport forum Brian thanks for for contributing to this it's, I think it's going to be great because your all your posts are very informative and uh, it's going to be good to actually have you on there as an expert host uh, for one of the roundtables oh thanks for inviting us so we'll be there okay so I have these pictures pulled up we gotta hold and, on but we got okay. I think we gotta we gotta build like you, you can't we just <laughs> you can't start with like the first one one like i think we've got to go, go down like we got to start like because i'm looking at them and all right kevin just, i'll let i'll let you take the segment how about that i i, I think yeah because <laughs> i've lived with some of this stuff so i want to start off with a really common one but the damage is not so common and then we'll get into um if you're still fucking with these things man so are you still are you still doing sea are you do you still use sea with those uh with that injected plastic hull no, we finally learned our lesson and we stopped renting the Sea-Doo Sparks, which are basically plastic holes. But yeah, they could crack yeah. pretty easy. And if the crack's over a certain amount of inches, you're just supposed to replace the hole. And so, you know, to do that in the middle of the season, you know, pull the whole thing apart, lift the engine out, move it to another hole. I mean, but yeah, we definitely had a whole stockyard of about six or eight spare holes. And that kind of became tiresome. We figured the fiberglass repairs were a little bit easier and quicker. So, And those machines, they're not commercial made. They just fall apart easy. So definitely need heavy duty machines so i want to start with this yellow one so if you guys are not in our group you got to go to the post but i will try to describe it as best as i can like there's a jet ski and it's missing about a quarter of the entire machine and half of the of the of the bow um starboard side bow is just like it looks like a tyrannosaurus rack took a big fucking bite out of it 
<laughs> what the fuck happened there? And what did you do with the body of the person that was on it? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, those guys were from Europe, I think, uh, Switzerland. And so, you know, they're from out of the country. And sometimes you worry about that because, you know, they can just take off and, and not our company, but another company or did have that happen where they had a huge accident. The people just left and flew out of the country and never to be heard from again. And you can't really go after them unless it's a huge amount, you know, to get an attorney in another country. But anyways, they, they had a head-on collision with two of those Sea-Doo Sparks and therefore the whole <laughs> in front of the machines. I think it actually broke off and a piece is just floating there in the lake. But I don't know how they didn't get hurt, but <laughs> they didn't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I've never seen, I've never seen like a machine like the the way the front of it. It just like it, it literally looks like somebody just it. I can't. It looks like a monster just grabbed it and like huh? and like took a giant yeah. bite out <laughs> of the be. front of it. And and uh, and so and then I'm assuming the orange one next to it with the the same thing happening, but on the on under the bottom part of the hull, the bottom of the hull. Is like so those two machines hit each other, and they just did in you know eighteen thousand dollars or sixteen thousand dollars. Were those the tricks? (laughs) The the Sea Doo tricks? It's just the base model. So I think at the time they cost about five grand each. But of course they were less than a week old. The brand new machines are always the one that take the hit. And we were like, well, you just bought two machines, so ten grand because that's what it cost us at the time. We're a dealer. And I don't know how they came up with the money, but they did. And they went to the ATMs of all the local stores and came back with cash. And here you go. <laughs> you know, it's like it's just like a blessing and a curse when that happens, you know, because you're like, oh, my God, my machine. But then they just gave me this like huge stack of cash. It never works like that for me. My customers are <laughs> always like, oh, man, you know, I was like, uh, I fucking, you know, it's either feed my kid or rent a jet ski. And we rented the jet ski. So <laughs> yeah. I just don't have the money anymore. And I'm just like, are you? I I had one that happen. I was doing like it was like a make a wish deal. And like every fucking person in the group, like there are three kids all had three like very unique and um rare like medical conditions. So I did this thing. One of the guys here, Steve Pote, he puts on this great program called Captains for Kids. And every year a company like basically sponsors a family or multiple families. And they were just all really great people. And of course, the dude just like takes his kid and just does like fucking has to just t-bone a dock and just decimates one of my machines dude and and just destroys it and they're like well can we make payments and i'm like i mean like no dude of course you can't make payments of course i can't charge you for this you know what i mean like all right family that's suffering that'll be eight thousand bucks you know but yeah man no so i not but i can't imagine so it's like the machine got destroyed but they came with like 10 g's cash you know so i mean that's gotta like make it a little bit better you know yeah that one i mean of course most of the time they don't end up paying the full amount and you're like well you know call your friends and family get credit card numbers we'll charge any card through you can get your hands on you know we're not a bank you know just we need the payment now borrow from them and i mean once they kind of leave payments it never works out but yeah this case i was surprised i'm like oh foreigners you know from europe you know it's it's tough because you know too you're like and now today somebody made a post about um um danny and our group made a post about insurance and so like now you have that going on too so now you're feeling the people out like if you're going to hit them for 10 grand and then are they going to turn around and be like oh my neck my back my neck and my back and they're going to sue you and then you're going to not only lose the two machines lose the rentals now even at no fault of your own your insurance company is going to come in and hike up your premiums by double or triple or whatever it is that they're going to come up with. So it's like now 
it's like I noticed that that sort of changed since like back in the day. It, it's a little bit trickier to hit people because it's like if you do, could you just lose it on the back end for the rest of your company's existence? Yeah, now it's true. I mean, we we I, I always say insurance, liability insurance for companies. You know, it's the, the biggest legalized scam there is. I mean, my rates get jacked up every year. I've never had one claim in 23 years, not one claim out of hundreds of thousands of people. And yeah, this insurance industry is just crazy. But and then one lately, we're trying to get a quote for through another company, and they said, "Well, you can't offer collision damage waivers to your customers. You can't ever." you know, offer anything regarding damage. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> Who is this insurance company dictating how we run our business? And that has nothing to do with the liability insurance. I mean, if we want to offer it, it's, I mean, we don't call it insurance. It's collision damage waivers, you know, just like car rental companies, but you can't do that. I'm like, <laughs> it's just getting crazy. So if you know any good insurance companies out there, I'm looking to switch. <laughs> I got a question for both of you guys. When you have a, a bad incident involving someone getting hurt, uh, equipment being damaged, do you ask for the damage paid knowing that the person is hurt? And I, I said I had a situation where family was doing stupid things. They admitted they actually got ticketed. The girl had her lung punctured. I mean, it was a whole ordeal. I mean, they basically destroyed one of the skis. I was in a situation where this girl is is severely injured, but potentially could die. I felt like ethically, I'm not going to ask the family f- to pay for that $6,000 pieces of equipment. But then again, where do you fall in that? Like, wh- what would you do as a as an owner in this situation? Uh, yeah, there's a serious inju- injury, which we're lucky we haven't had too many compared to what I've seen in the industry. But yeah, if it's a serious inju- injury and they damage the machine, then I, we pretty much don't charge anything. We just you know try to try to, and we use that as an insurance against them coming back on us because the first thing if they ever come back, and we did have it happen once, they got an attorney and just wrote a letter, hey, we're just checking on, you know, can, we got some medical bills and no fault of our own. And the first thing we said is, well, you know, if you want to start talking about that, you know, the first thing we need to talk about is this bill, outstanding bill, <laughs> you know, which you owe of many, many thousands of dollars. So that's kind of a deterrent. I, I would view it as, you know, them coming back on us, but it's been pretty rare and that, that worked in that case. I never heard from them again. I'm like, well, you know, you got this machine you got to pay for and they were just it was an incident where they were jumping the boat on waves out in the lake and a guy fell off the front of the boat went under the boat the propeller hit him <laughs> and you know he survived luckily he had a life jacket on but they brought him in and you know whatever you know hospital bills he had i'm like oh, why are we paying your hospital bills you guys are jumping around on the boat you fell off the front i mean what does that have to do with us and so you know felt sorry for him and everything but you know kind of they went away so so i uh, just just so i'm clear i've never had an accident with nobody injured ever i've never been in this situation but a friend of mine has <laughs> <laughs> never have i ever been in this situation but a guy i know yeah, so the guy I know, um, I don't trust any of these fuckers, man. The insurance company, attorney, none of them, man. Like, so the first thing the guy I know does is always just reaches out and just starts feeling them out. You know, we start having this conversation about, you know, what what happened out there, and I immediately want to start getting them to, you know, well, the guy I know wants to start getting them to realistically like take take the fall for it. Make sure that they understand that it was their fault, no no fault of our own. And it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, somebody goes home and, you know, some fucking scumbag, you know, uh, attorney, fucking ambulance chasing piece of shit out there, you know, talks them into, oh, yeah, well, you know, this isn't your fault, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
So it's it's it definitely definitely is it definitely is it is tricky. Um, you you don't want to literally add insult to injury. I feel like when they're in that in that kind of tender situation, and then as Brian alluded to, is like, well. Yeah, if you're going to hit me for this, then I think like we're going to just going to have to turn around and hit you. And it's not for the ski, but the loss of, of revenue, which, you know, at the end of the day, if you're charging 80 bucks a machine and that machine's been down for 10 days or whatever it is, like, well, there, we're talking 800 bucks a day minimally times 10 is 8,000 plus the machine. So I feel like that's a good thing to do is keep that in your back pocket. Cause if they come after you, then at least, well, it's like, all right, well, then I'm going to counter sue you for the extra 20 G's, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what they say time, what they say, what they do, the insurance company usually is just going to pony up. They're going to pay and then they're going to hit you and hit the industry uh, with it on the back end. No matter, like you said, Brian, no zero claims. And they're just going to come back and hit you for it. And it's, it's really, uh, it's destroying the industry, man. And it's just making it hard to do business and it's making it hard for people to, you know, even want to get into the business. And, and, and Greg, I think you said something where it was like, uh, you're like, well, yeah, now that, now the increased cost of insurance like falls back on the consumer. The same consumer that wants to sue you every time so it's just kind of like this uh, ridiculous you know circle that cycle that you get in and it just uh it's really it's really unfortunate because it get it's going to get to the point where some of these things are just not going to be commercially viable anymore you want to go parasailing but you know they're going to hit you oh okay yeah insurance will be a hundred thousand dollars a year well cool man who's going to pay 150 dollars to go parasailing like, I don't know how, I mean, I know the bungee jumping industry got basically sued out of existence. Um, I don't know about, about skydiving, you know, like how, how, what they have to go through. Cause I'm sure, but then again, I guess it comes down to the amount of, of claims that are made out in a year. So I, I've, I've heard rumblings about jet skis, you know. And the thing is like water sports is like the perfect entry level opportunity for young entrepreneurs to get into. And we're basically at this point now where oh, it's going to be almost impossible for, for these folks to even get into water sports because the insurance companies are going to only allow the experience. So you're going to have to work for a company for several years to get the experience. Then you're going to be able to hopefully have the the authority to even apply. So it's it's I don't know. Maybe there's some good points of it, but I, I'm concerned overall because, you know, it's a great business for someone in their young 20s to start. Well, they, I'll, I'll tell you what the real pain in the ass about it is with a lot of these insurance companies, too, is whether there's not a claim or not, they want you to report it. So, you know, by the book, if something happens, you're supposed to report it and then you report it and then they put it in your folder and then they fucking hit you for it anyway. It's like, wait a minute, I didn't even have a fucking claim. And then what they'll tell you is like, well, if you don't report it, then you're going to get punished even worse if something happens down the line. Well, it's like... What the fuck am I supposed to do, man? Like, you know, what I mean? like no, no incident report. No, nobody got life. There's no damage under $2,000, nothing. Like somebody stubbed their toe. Well, we want your report so we can put it in your file and hit you for it in case they come back later and hit it for us. So it's like, well, at, at what point am I, how about I just report every single ride that goes out? Hey, somebody went out, just so you know. <laughs> uh, they might, they might have stubbed their toe or cut their finger, not said anything, and they might sue us later. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. You know? Exactly. I learned that lesson a couple of years ago. It's in the insurance. It's what is it? Report any potential incident. Is that the wording? And so, like you say, like you put a bandaid on somebody. Oh, there's a potential incident. So, so I, I, there was kind of a major incident. So I finally like, okay, well, I better report this. And and nothing ever came of it. But oh, my insurance rates the next year thirty grand, thirty grand just from reporting it. And nothing ever came of it. I'm like, well. 
I'll argue when the point comes, if we ever get sued, like, well, I didn't think it would be a potential claim, so sorry. <laughs> you know, that's what our argument's going to be. And they'll drop, they'll drop you for that, too. They say, I've, I've read Aiden tell me that they will drop you for that, that you didn't report an incident, something you're supposed to report, and, that, and, then, and then they're going to drop you or, you know, make it so that you're... And I've seen guys have had incidents, no claim came of it, and they got fucking dropped, man. Like, yeah. instantly. They got dropped. There was, it was a very serious incident of no fault of their own. No claim ever got filed. They fucking dropped them, basically put them out of business in the middle of July. Have you guys had this happen? We we filed a pre-claim with an incident. It was a small incident. We filed a pre-claim and we got billed $3,000 because they had to have an adjuster go out there. They hired oh, yeah. an attorney to get to kind of... Yeah, so when I shut my business down, when we sold it, I got billed like almost a year and a half later after this whole thing. And my business was done. Like we were shut down and they're like, yeah, we, we need to collect on this. And I'm like, you're never going to get that money. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing. You're never going to get it. And they're and like, this business is shut down. I mean, I'm done. Like I sold it, but it was, it was funny how they just hit you with that. Nothing ever came out of it. Three grand plus all the premiums. But anyways, Kevin. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's get on to the next one. Uh, yeah. Jet ski accidents are, even though <laughs> This is fucking the craziest jet ski I've ever seen in my life. Uh, no fun. All right. So there's nothing a little minor here. It looks like, I don't know if it's a big, it's like a glass of paint or mustard or like <laughs> this boat is just like, again, you guys got to go over to the Facebook group and look at this nice boat. That's like, it looks like somebody just bombed it with a glass of yellow paint or something. What is that? It's yellow paint. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that incident. Oh, boy. <laughs> so it was near the end of our season, uh, Labor Day weekend, and, you know, our summer, summer seasonal employees, that's the last they're required to work. And so we had one that had a, a cabin just down the road from our business. And so he up and decides, well, I'm not going to work this weekend. I'm going to go play. And I was texting him like, well, that's not cool. Just come down and work a little bit, you know, and he never did. And he got upset. And so we think it was him. But anyways, uh, after that weekend, our boats are parked near a highway at the road where, you know, easily you could drive by and that's exactly what happened. Somebody stopped and, you know, had a bunch of bottles filled with yellow paint and <laughs> started throwing them at the boats and many of them exploded and paint went everywhere and we know pretty much it was him, but how do you prove it? But anyways, that oh, happened. And the same way he can't prove when a ski mask man came through with a fucking crowbar and smashed his kneecaps in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the way you do that. Like, uh, I, I, oh my God. Yeah, that's, I you know it's real real funny, man. Fucking uh, again, I'm not gonna mention anybody's name, uh, but a guy I know. This and this is this is a different guy I know. Um, he had petty cash in his safe, and an employee came. It was like ten grand in petty cash, and uh, and they they knew the guy who did it or whatever. He came in, they he stole the ten grand, and their their manager, um, uh, who uh, he their manager who's like. Just one of those solid ass dudes, man, that works for you that just go to the mattresses, sees them walking on the road, jumps out of the truck, chases him down, fucking tackles him, beats the shit out of the guy. <laughs> they, they, they call the cops and uh, they arrested the guy, uh, you know, who, who stole the $10,000. I don't I don't know what ever happened to it. But, uh, yeah, he, chased, he saw him walking on the street and he chased him down and beat the shit out of him, man. Which I think, like, I think this, like, whole world sometimes is is just missing that. And I know us old guys love to say that. But it really is true, man. It's just, like, back in the day, this just, you know, the, some of this stuff you just 
you just got your fucking ass kicked, man. And and that was it. Maybe, you know, maybe you never did that again. I'll, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I did some stupid shit when I was a kid. And sometimes I got my fucking ass kicked. And you know what? I didn't do it again. I did other stupid <laughs> shit. <laughs> I didn't do that one particular thing again. And then yeah. didn't fuck with that guy again. That's for sure. All right. So, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, disgruntled employees. Now, the next one, this looks pretty straightforward. Just real quick, the funniest part about that story is, like you say, sometimes you have to take things into your own hands. So, so of course, we clean up the paint. It was probably hundreds of dollars in labor for my employees, whatever, to clean it up. And, and so we did. But but I was so pissed off, I offered a $5,000 reward. Obviously, way above and beyond what that costs just to catch, who you know, to get, put the word out there, put the pressure on the person. Next thing I know, the local, you know, TV station picks it up. They want to come up and do a story on that. So they come up. It's on the local news, the whole thing going on and the reward. And, of course, whoever did it probably saw that and pissing their pants like, oh, shit. <laughs> They're coming after us hard. But <laughs> So that was kind of a funny ending to the story. But never, never put cuffs on anybody. <laughs> Next time, I might offer my services, bro. Just, just look me up. Nobody knows me in Utah. I just show up. <laughs> random, ha- you know, fist tattooed guy that says life tattoo on his knuckles. Fucking did me in, in a bar, bro. <laughs> I'd get out of prison. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, man. All right. We're at 20, 23 minutes. I, I don't want, I don't want to run. I, okay. We're going to get into like what I feel is like the top three. So, we got one here. Um, and it's going to be hard for me to pick my favorite one out of the, out of my two favorites, but it looks like you got, um, hold on, I got to scroll through, scroll through. Oh, okay. So there we do got, all right. So these three, it looks like a wakeboard boat and it doesn't look like too far offshore and it, it's just straight up sunk. Like it, it just like, it looks like right up to the bow, uh, is it, there's a bunch of people standing in about three feet of water. So it run aground, it sunk. Like what happens here? So on our lake, we'll get these huge windstorms that make these big waves because our lake is so long. So the waves will build and build and, you know, people are out on the lake. So if they kind of stay in the deeper water, they're fine because it's just kind of more of rolling waves. But the problem is when they come into the shallow water and, and our beaches are, you know, they can go out pretty far and you're still in shallow water. So, you know, I mean, you can be 100 yards out and you're in three feet of water. But so they'll come close to shore where the waves are crashing and then they start crashing over into the boat. And once one or two waves get in the boat, you know starts to weigh it down it says then it just sits on the bottom in three or four feet of water and waves are just crashing and crashing over it and there's absolutely nothing you can do because that boat probably weighs thirty thousand pounds <laughs> that moment with all the water in it you just have to wait till the windstorm's done and try to go you know bail the water out and get it floating again of course you probably lose your engine all the electronics but that's happened luckily not recently but there was a couple years in a row we had four or five of our boats that happened too so ah sunken boats <laughs> did you get that one back in that was a wakeboard right a wakeboarding boat yeah 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 like i say you just wait till the waves aren't crashing over it start either get a pump or start bailing the water out and float it up and of course yeah we we don't junk any boats we just you know rebuild the engine if we need to get the water out sometimes you can get the water out and it runs just fine but it's kind of russian roulette whether you get it going or not but so yep the, the next one is just a boat Completely on fire, just sitting there and like, uh, doesn't look that far <laughs> offshore, engulfed uh, in fucking flames, just sitting there twenty feet off the shore, uh, <laughs> a raging inferno. That was a fun one. That was just last year, about this time last year. So, yeah, that was one another one of our wakeboard boats that, and that was right in front of one of the busiest beaches of Bear Lake. Thousands of people on the beach. So, at a minimum, at least it was entertainment for them, and nobody. 
you know, they just sat there and watched and the boat was just sitting there floating, you know, like I say, you know, a couple hundred feet offshore. And so anyways, we don't know exactly what happened, but it was just getting rented and some customers got on it. And once again, who's at fault? Who knows exactly what happened? Cause all, you know, the evidence is all burned up. I don't know. Could they have started the fire? I don't know. Did they take a grill on there and do something or smoking? I don't know, but who knows if something's wrong with our boat, but of course it burned up, but Anyways, one of those things with the, with the customers after, you know, try to, you know, work with them and they weren't upset. I mean, they jumped off the boat when it happened, but nothing ever came of it. But the way I found out, I was at home about 10 minutes away and my employees called me up. The boat's caught on fire. I'm like, don't call me. Don't call, you know, call 911. Get them out there to put it out. So that was kind of a, a, a whole debacle thing of the employees probably could have put it out, but they panicked. They had big fire extinguishers on the wall there in the office. They could have run down and put it out, but they, they panicked and they were trying to open up the small packages of the personal watercraft, little tiny fire extinguishers that we sell, trying to open those up like they're going to go put out the fire when the huge fire extinguishers right next to them on the wall. You know, one thing you don't do is panic and do the wrong thing. So that could have saved the boat, but... Anyways, they didn't save the boat. I mean, a couple employees later went on sea dues trying to splash water on it, you know, turn and get the water jet shooting up on it. And that actually helped a little bit till the fire department got there, but it was long gone. And, you know, that fiberglass, once it heats up, it just burns. And I don't think the gas tank ever caught on fire. It was just the fiberglass, the upholstery, you know, flames 100 feet in the air. So anyway, so they didn't call 911. They called me. They tried calling the state park office. Of, uh, you know, it's like they, they aren't the fire department guys. Like, call call 911, get the fire department coming. So we lost that boat. And of course, I had just taken it off insurance, physical damage insurance, because, you know, I was going to sell the boat. And so that was a total loss I had to walk away from. Oh, so is it your, uh, your so it's not your, is it your liability insurance that doesn't want you selling your damage protection or your hull, or your hull coverage? Uh, it's one we're getting a quote on. I think it's the whole coverage, the, you know, hazard insurance, which I've never heard that before, but I don't have a claim on that either. I don't do the whole coverage, man. At the end of the day, like I do the math on it and I'm just like, man, by the time I spend all this money on hull coverage, I feel like if something actually happens where the thing goes down, like I just fucking buy another one. They want so much money for it. Is that, uh, do you need to have hull coverage? Uh, Does anybody require that? Or is that just something you do? Uh, if we have loans on it, some of the equipment, I mean, those wakeboard boats are, you know, 80 grand a piece. And so, you know, when we buy a bunch of those, I, I'm not rich. I don't have cash to just go outright buy all of our equipment. But anyways, that one, yeah. Those aren't, we those aren't boxes it. of money back behind you there? Those aren't boxes of cash? Uh, can, no. Like in bear bombs? Um, yeah, money stolen from us once. Like you said, a guy, one of our employees, eight grand out of our safe. But we caught him ourselves. And he's still paying for that eight years later. Wow. Wow. Garnished That's wages. So you, would, you would think that somebody that stole like eight grand would be able to make that back in eight years. He got arrested and ordered to pay and it's not up to yeah. me. It's the state collecting the money uh, every few months. I get yeah. 50 bucks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to get into this one. This is my favorite one by far. I can't imagine it wouldn't be anyone's favorite one, but it is a truck that seems way too far offshore. <laughs> <laughs> to be in the water like now i've seen trucks like at boat ramps will go down in going but that truck looks like it like drove out into the middle of the lake and there's like a boat near it how yep. did that happen well people want to try to launch and load their own boats here and you know when the water goes down the boat ramps they're high and dry so they you know just drive out in the water in their vehicle and like i say you have to go out hundreds of yards to get deep enough especially to launch a boat i mean sea 
you know, you can kind of get shallow water and just push them on and off the trailer, but those heavy boats. So, so they go out there, they get su stuck, you know, start to sink down in the sand, and sometimes there's little mud spots. So they'll get lower and lower in the water till pretty much their, their car's kind of just floating, you know, <laughs> water coming in where your feet are and to pretty much totals out the truck. And it's almost impossible to, I mean, you get a tow truck there and they don't have enough cable to try to get it in. And then the, the storms come up and the waves crash <laughs> all over. But I can't remember if that picture was one of our trucks or somebody else's but we've had our employees do that too they drive out you know either to try to load stuff up or you know try to gas fuel stuff up with the gas tanks in the back of the truck but we've had our share of trucks swamped basically so fun that stuff seems so far out there man i guess i'd have to be there and like see exactly because it just it like if you go on the look at the picture it just looks like somebody managed to drive a truck like 300 feet out into the middle of the lake like these windstorms that you have come in like are these like um are these like what? What kind of winds are these? Because you made another post. Uh, I don't think it was in our group, but it was maybe. I know we're friends on Facebook, so it was like a personal post. But it was just like, oh, we were able to get all of our boats in. Like, what kind of like headwinds are these things pushing? Oh yeah, I mean that was just last night, just out of the blue. They'll come up probably on a lot of lakes in the United States, but here, yeah, they'll start out of the blue. Even if it's a sunny sky, they'll just like I think a front is coming in, and ahead of the front, you know, you got the big gusts of wind, just boom. We call them Bear Lakers. Bear Lake, huge Bear Lake storms, but I mean, 50, 60 mile an hour gusts. I mean, there was one a few years ago where, you know, it was a 75 mile an hour gusts, but the whole thing is if it's sustained, you know, if it goes on for more than an hour, that's when the waves build up. And so anyway, yeah, last night all of our boats got in, but a couple of other private boats capsized out on the lake and luckily they all got in and they're still this morning out there <laughs> trying to find the boat. Cause you know, a lot of them, they'll float if they're small under, what is it? Under 20, three feet out of them but anyways they'll have foam in them so they still kind of float in the water just the nose up out of the water and you know go find it tow it in i guess so that, that's what they were doing this morning wow <laughs> do you guys have parasailing on that lake uh there was somebody up here that used to do it and then we actually ended up my partner bought that boat one year and wanted us to do it unbeknownst to me i'm like i, I don't know anything about parasailing and you guys are probably gonna laugh now because <laughs> like okay well let's start doing this <laughs> we had coast guard captain's license but we didn't have much experience parasailing so we were just practicing, me and my brother, and, you know, flying, and, and my brother was driving, and same thing, I think a big gust of wind came, and, and I don't know, whatever happened, he slowed the boat down, but then the wind died, and he, you know, dipped me down in the water, and he panicked, and goosed the, the throttle, and, you know, dragged me underwater for about 30 seconds, <laughs> I was just in my clothes and everything, and and luckily he stopped, and we're like, well, we're not going to do this, so <laughs> luckily we never got into it, and didn't take passengers out, so... That was our story about parasailing. No more for us here. Shit, man. Man, we'll have to talk after the show, man. <laughs> Some, <laughs> Anytime yeah. someone's like, we don't have parasailing here, but we have like 900 other things going on and there's water there. I'm like, you guys, yeah. like, you guys need a parasail boat there. Yeah, then again, I don't, like, I don't random 75 mile an hour gusts. <laughs> Please yep. put that out of fucking business pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, bring bring your boats up here. Come do it. The, uh, the, the, we have a short season here is the problem, and to find highly qualified help, Coast Guard captains, you know, just you can't, you know, just for two months basically, and then the next year they don't come back. I don't, that's the hard yeah, part here to find highly qualified help for such a short season. Brian, what do you charge for for skis and boat rentals over there? Uh, so we rent them by the hour. It's like you know, two hours is hundred seventy bucks. You know, four hours two hundred sixty bucks, or all day for four hundred bucks. So, you know, we try to have prices where a lot of people can get out and have fun. Local people, you know, but yet still try to make a dollar. Hopefully, but. Hey, did, did, we, did you ever get did you ever get that paddleboard lady man who uh gave you all those bad reviews 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, Did you yeah, listen I to the show? I, talked, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I found her for you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're like, we're like, let's sick the group on her. Oh, man. I, <laughs> yeah, I know. There's, there's always like this bad guy, Kevin, that wants to go out and get. Like, when people do that shit, man, like, it just, it makes me, it, it frustrates me so bad because it really does, pl- it does like show the, um, the, the, the problem with the, the this whole like review I guess you know part of it's like cancel culture but it, this mob rule thing that you can just go out and smash like dude you're a solid guy you got a solid business like you know when we go to a when we go to a rival like my uh, the topics I look I want to talk about is how like your leadership and your company culture is always reflects into your customer service so your employees are going to be a direct manifestation of you and the experience that your customer has is going to be a direct manifestation that they have with that company so i think there's always a lot of interesting ways to create character in the the interactions that you have with your customer service so i've never been to your location but i can only assume that you guys have good customer service and that you have unique customer service that's unique to your management ownership style so when to see a good company and because i looked at your other reviews and i was like man this is just was just a total hit piece. Like this guy, there was no gaping holes in his bad reviews that said like over and over and over again. And what she said was just, you know, nonsensical, but it it just like, it makes me want to just like, Oh, like, Get get payback, you know. So yeah. I thought it was a rule with Google that like uh, they can't do that, but apparently, you know, like a whole group can gang up on you and everybody write the negative review and all at once over the same incident. Like I would never do that if I was with my family or friends and something happened and negative, whatever. You know, one person write a bad review, whatever. Like I'm going to get all hey everybody, let's gang up and do this and ah, just not that type of person, but. Yeah, I know we've gotten better reviews since then. My employees have been asking people to leave reviews, so that's helped out a lot. I mean, we've never done it here in the past, really, because we've got a kind of a captive audience. It's all kind of regional, local people, so at least our location's here. It's not that important. So, you know, of course, then the only people that leave reviews, the, the one-tenth of one percent that have neg- negative experiences. So, like, whatever. But, you know, finally, we are uh, have a contest with my employees. Hey, who can get the most reviews and kind of give them a reward? So gotten probably over a hundred five-star reviews since then a few weeks ago. So I, I, think I, I think I got a, I think I got like a business idea forming in my brain, Brian, like I could be like a, like a water sports hitman, you know what I mean? Like employee throw a yellow paint, I go fuck them up. Somebody gives you bad reviews, I go get a bunch of people to get them bad reviews. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just yeah. a real petty, vengeful fucking like hitman for the industry. We need somebody like that. Yeah, Come on man, out. I'm in. I'll, I'll bring my contract over. I already currently do that for Greg right now. Some OTAs uh, had to move in. Oh, <laughs> you guys are hilarious. No, I'm just an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Brian, I want to I wanna know a little bit more about Bear Lake. I'm fascinated by it. So I went to New Zealand and we stayed in Queenstown and they had – it was more very similar. You know, they had a, a lake – and then you had the mountains all surrounding it. They had parasailing, by the way, which is kind of funny. But they had boat rentals and things like that. But, I mean, is the lake – is it shallow the whole way or is it is it deep? Does it get deep in the middle or – Oh, yeah. It gets about two, a little over 200 feet deep out on the in the middle. But, yeah, it's just kind of basically like a big bathtub, you know, just a big bowl shape. So, you know, you got a lot of space on the beach there where kids can play, you know, out in the shallow water. It doesn't drop off that quick. So – yeah, a lot of sandy beaches. It's a very old lake. It's hundreds of thousands of years old. It's the aqua blue color, like the Caribbean. They call it the Caribbean of the Rockies because of the calcium carbonate suspended in the water. That mineral reflects the sky, so it's got that really cool aqua blue color. So 
So yeah, it's a fun lake. Never gets super warm. It's hot, the warmest is it, it gets is right now seventy degrees. So a lot of times, you know, sixty fifties. <laughs> is it is it competitive where you're at with different operators or? Uh, yeah, there's a couple other companies that, I mean, one was, came in because of my mistake. I left a location to, to go to a better location at the state park where it was a better, you know, deal. And so, of course, that resort got now our biggest competitors to come in. So they kind of took over and whatever they've expanded and actually swindled their way into one of our other locations, a private location where kind of a backdoor deal. So learned that lesson too. You know, sometimes you let the wolf in the, <laughs> through the door and, but whatever we, we dominate. We're the biggest. We're got the best locations. We're, you know, they're still pretty small compared to us. So whatever we're, I'm friends with them. It's fine. doesn't matter. That's great, man. That's great. I, I, you know, I think like I, I love doing this show because I feel like no matter whatever happens, like for me personally, I feel like I always be able to get a job anywhere around the country, man. <laughs> you know, like, hey, man, I'm gonna push out vote for you, Ryan, and, and push it on me, man. Like, it's just it's so cool to like talk to to you know to to see that you know how long have you been in business? Twenty three years. Yeah, yeah. See, that I, I just man, I got such immense respect. I got so much immense respect for that man. I mean, what did you what did you start off with? Clearly, you weren't you didn't have it. So, like when you got first your first year, you said you started off with six jet skis. That's that's what you began with. Started that. I still I was in college still. I had one year left of college, and so I pretty much used student loan money to <laughs> help uh, buy some machines and. And I almost didn't graduate because I didn't want to go back to school. I'm like, hey, I've got my business. Screw you guys. I'm, you know, I'm doing it, what we're talking about. So anyways, I did graduate. But yeah, I started off with six jet skis and grew to. So we have over, we have 100 Sea-Doo personal watercraft now and probably like 40 or 50 boats and all sorts of toys and water trampolines, paddleboards, canoes, kayaks, UTVs, wow. ATVs, snowmobiles. So did you e-bikes say, now. You have, a hundred, you have 100 Sea-Doo's and, and how many boats? About 40 or 50. You know, I have pontoon boats, ski boats, wakeboard boats, fishing boats. Dude, boat, so. that's awesome, man. Congratulations, man. You you have uh, you have kids, all that stuff? Yeah. Married, got uh, how many kids? Uh, four or five. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep track. We adopted all one right. a couple of years ago, but oh, he man. turned 18 and wanted to go out on his own. And once they're 18, I guess, I'm like, man, we only had you a couple of years. You know, trying to. He was from Columbia, brought him over. And of course, I don't know. Want a long story, but yeah. No, we got five kids. They're all fun. Ah, have fun great, with them all the man. time. And they're a part of your business? Oh, yeah. The youngest one, eight years old. He's, this year, the hardest worker. He's up and like, I'm going to start going to work this year. And so we live like five minutes from our business locations. He'll go on the electric scooter, ride, go eight or nine in the morning till five. Nine to five every day. Just goes off on his own. Works with the other employees. They love him there. I'm like, what the hell's going on? He's like the youngest, and he's the only one working. The other ones just want to play. So, if you had, if you had any advice to like a starting uh, young, you know, guy in his twenties like me, um, then no, <laughs> 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 no, no, like they just face it. Uh, if you, a young entrepreneur getting into the game, you know what I mean. What 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 advice would you give that? What would you give uh, young Brian Hershey getting out of college now with 23 years in this industry? Well, you got to want it. You got to be a go-getter. You, go, you know, should be probably passionate about it. Of course, it's going to be long hours, a lot of time and money. I mean, you know the two-by-four rule, don't you? It's, you know, basically it's to, it's going to take you twice as long as you ever thought and four times the amount of money. But if you keep at it, eventually <laughs> you might have some success. So it's uh, not easy. It takes a long time and dedication. But, you know, learn everything you can about what you're going to do. Maybe even go work for somebody first, like I did for a few years. And, you know, but, you know, know everything about every detail you can and 
get your competitive edge, do something different than other people. Just be a, be cool. Don't don't be stupid. <laughs> don't be a dick. Uh, well, I already fucked up the stupid part. So. <laughs> well, Brian, uh, we look forward to seeing you in a couple months. That's going to be awesome. And for everyone listening, you can meet Brian at the uh, the Water Sport Forum at Arrival in October. He will be hosting uh, two roundtable sessions, and we look forward to uh, you know to that event. So, uh, Brian, if people want to learn anything about you or your business, how can they reach you? Uh, I'm on your group. Message me on there or whatever. I mean, uh, our website is bearlakefun.com. Okay. Contact us through there. But, yeah, we're clear out here, almost west coast, and it seems like all you guys are east coast. But, yeah, we look forward to seeing you guys in October. That'll be our vacation. We're shut down. I mean, pretty much Labor Day, September, we're done. October. That's it, you know, vacation time for us. <laughs> we'll have to get to recruit more people out west to get into the group. We got a, we got a couple more people I've noticed. Like one guy from California just recently joined, and he messaged us. So yeah, we need to build up our west coast. Though. They don't, they don't. I don't think they want to share us, man. They, they're like they, they, <laughs> they found out a little gem of a show, man, giving all the secrets away and shit. They don't. He's not going to go tell his competitor about the <laughs> greatest yeah. thing since sliced bread. Nah, <laughs> no, we look forward to it, man. We're gonna get fucking bombed, do a bunch of shots, getting you know what I mean? Some fisty cuffs. Like I, I it, it does, I, I've been saying that the whole time. Like I don't even drink, you know. But I've been every show. I keep promising the arrival team that I'm gonna go in there, and start like a riot and shit. You know, like this is how water's more into it. This is why we don't have our own conference. Ah! <laughs> Sounds hilarious. I guess you have to be determined whether you drink or not. I guess we'll see. No, I don't. I don't really. Drink. I really don't drink. Right. It'll be fun, though, man. I'll have some water. I keep on saying, "Well, you guys get fucked up. Start some shit with the with the cheese talking cheese tour guys, and we'll have like this like gang brawl. You know what I mean? Water sports versus cheese tour guys. Clearly, we're gonna fucking win because they're pussies." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nerds. Oh. <laughs> oh, little G store people are going to be there. But oh, fun, fun. Fun. Yeah, right. Walking tours? Or... Yeah, that's what it's walking tours. No, it's still like some guy with like, a, like real like super like intellectual. He's got glasses and he's like, actually, the history of this thing, we come up on a jet ski. <laughs> wake the shit up and fuck you, man. Slam them off for energy drinks. We like to keep, we're going to get amplified. Uh, <laughs> Sounds right. fun to me. <laughs> All right, Brian. Well, thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for coming out on the show. Yeah, and for everyone listening, keep it awkward. You've been listening to the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. If you're in the water sport industry, this is the podcast that brings the business perspective to parasailing, jet and ski boat rentals, sailing, snorkeling, and everything else. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Be sure to sign up to our email list at watersportpodcast.com and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. We'll see you next time, and thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have further thoughts, questions, or comments about this episode, head to our Facebook group, Watersport and Boat Tour Operators, to continue the conversation. See you next time.